In this podcast, we are joined by Jane Mitchell, Amy Kular Daliwal, and Jade Monk. They're going to what a fibromyalgia is, what their personal experiences are, and how it can affect your health. So there's myself, Jane, Jane Mitchell. I'm one of the wellbeing champions. And joining us today, we've got Jade Monk and Amy Kular Daliwal. Would you like to introduce yourselves and just tell us a bit about why you're being involved today? Hi there, I'm Jade Monk. Um, I've been a qualified nurse for seven years now and I've been a research nurse and I am now currently a workforce development facilitator with the network for five years this year now. Um, I'll be talking about the signs, symptoms of fibromyalgia and also personal experience of being a carer for my mum as well who has the condition. So I'll pass you over to Amy now. Hi, yeah, I'm Amy Coulard-Dalliwell. I'm a PA and admin manager um, within the Clinical Network Research Department. I've been working within um, the NHS for three years, um, but only two years within the um, network. So I'll be talking about um, fibromyalgia as that's what I currently um, suffer from. So I'll be discussing um, my personal experiences and symptoms, what I go through. Thank you both. Um, I think we're going to start with actually introducing what fibromyalgia is. So a little bit of information about what, what the signs and symptoms are and how you get diagnosed. Okay, um, so fibromyalgia, it's defined as a chronic condition of widespread pain and it can also be profound fatigue. So it's not just a normal feeling of feeling tired. It is literally a a debilitating sort of tiredness so the pain can be felt from head to toe as well so I've heard my mom say that it can range from a burning sensation to an aching that she feels throughout her whole body and um, some days are more painful than others so the location of that pain feels more severe in those parts of the body and um, that are moved more frequently as well and um, with fibromyalgia, um, some of the statistics are 1.5 to 2 million people in the UK have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it's more common than you actually think. And women are seven times more likely to develop it than men. And the most common age range affected is between 30 to 50 years old. So some of the most common symptoms that I've heard my mom talk about is increased sensitivity to pain. So painful areas on the body that normal people wouldn't think is painful but my mom can have someone knock into it and she can feel it a lot more severe than just what a normal person would feel like and um, there's extreme fatigue there's muscle stiffness um, difficulty sleeping as well because obviously if a part of your body's particularly painful and moving around in bed can hurt um, there's also something called fibro fog and um, that can be problems with memory concentration headaches, sensitivity changes in the weather as well to noise, bright lights and irritable bell bells as well. Um, Amy, have you got any other symptoms that I've, I've missed? Or? Um, I think you've co covered the majority of them. Um, there's a lot of like stress, low mood. Mm -hmm. um, you get a, a lot of flare-ups and swellings that are, can occur on your body. But within terms of diagnosis, it's very difficult to diagnose um, as the symptoms vary from person to person. So your GP normally carries out a physical examination and may suggest a referral to a rheumatologist who will confirm your diagnosis. 
so it's more of a physical examination than actual blood tests and how did you find it amy did it take a long time to get a diagnosis did you sort of suffer in silence for a long time or, or how how did you find your treatment from your gp so i had um, symptoms for over a year before i found out that i had fibromyalgia um i knew i wasn't right i felt awful terribly low and was in pain um causing me difficulty to um walk but i just thought you just get on with things don't you but i was constantly going to my gp um who was ruling out that it was due to me putting on weight but i could not believe that um i eventually asked them to self-refer me to a rheumatologist um, at my local hospital um so then i was actually referred when they pressed my trigger points it was just like tears were pouring down my face with the extreme mm -hmm. pain um, so it did take me a while to be diagnosed, um, but I have been suffering with it for over a year. Um, but I've only just been recently diagnosed with it. Yeah. And how do you feel about it being being described as a lifelong condition? How does that impact you? So I just thought because I've thought to just learn to deal with it as it's a long term condition, has no cure. I just try to make myself more active um i have like hot baths before bed because it's very difficult with this condition to actually sleep mm -hmm. um so i just tend to do i've worked out according to myself of how i can actually manage it um it's not helping drastically but just doing certain things like this can just ease the pain a little bit yeah it's it's just still there to be honest yeah how about you, Jade? How does your mom cope? Um, yeah, it's the same again. It's like something that she's had to learn to live with, unfortunately. And she had a struggle with getting diagnosed as well, because a lot of the signs and symptoms can be put down to other things. Um, mm -hmm. It overlaps with many different conditions. Like my mom has Parkinson's as well. So the consultant actually said to her, it's hard for him to know that if she's getting specific symptoms, whether it's due to a fibromyalgia or whether it's due to a Parkinson's. So it can be quite hard to differentiate. Um, but yet from day to day um, she has better days than others so um, with myself as well I didn't know that much about fibromyalgia and when my mom started experiencing all these signs and symptoms she wasn't sure about what it was at first and so was I like being a nurse like I, I didn't know what these range of symptoms could be because it could have literally been anything um, but my auntie had similar symptoms as well and she had been diagnosed many years before um, and she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and um, so my mom went to a GP had all the, the testing and that done and it turned out she had fibromyalgia so I think there will be a lot of people out there who have all these signs and symptoms a doctor probably won't know themselves unless they go and get all these certain tests done so I think it is really important to raise awareness of fibromyalgia because not many people know what it actually is um, but with my mom I've learned to um, research more about the condition itself um, and just on days where she's having a particularly bad day just to let her know that it's, it's okay just to have a rest day you know you don't have to pop to the shops if you don't feel like it um, and just like Amy said have a hot bath because that can help alleviate some of the aches and the pains also just help them find a daily routine as well that they can manage quite well because this will allow them to stay active so if there's a 
she, she's having a day where she doesn't feel as much pain just to go and get some gentle exercise whether that's taking um one of my dogs for a walk um as keeping moving will help alleviate some of the symptoms as well and also any activities not to overdo them if there's anything i can help around doing doing in the house or to go and do the shopping for her on a particularly bad day um there's just ways of finding things that i can help her out with really mm. and what what sort of treatments are available to either of you now what the what the sort of treatment path is so at the moment there's no actual treatment path that you can go through like acupuncture you can go through a um physical therapist for example like um certain exercises like aerobics it's just there's no actual even like i'm on amitriptyline the medication um but that's just like easing me helping me to sleep more than easing yeah. the pain um so there isn't really anything out there it's just like self-management really and seeing what works for you yeah similar to what my mom's been recommended as well like a gp recommended um doing gentle exercising as it, it's important to stay physically active whether you have fibromyalgia or not it's always good to be more physically active these days um and also talking therapies as well my mom was recommended but like cbt um but she hasn't tried that yet so i'm, I'm not sure how effective that could be but it could be something you might want to ask your gp about um and the medicines that she's been recommended is just like painkillers but my mom doesn't like she i think she's been on like the maximum painkillers you can have and she said you know she doesn't want to have to depend on them if she doesn't need to but and also like depending on them she finds that they the use of them like she gets her body gets used to it if that makes sense so they don't act as a, as effective if she's taking them on a daily basis um and she, there's also antidepressants as well um i've been told to help relieve the pain um and can help with improving sleep but my mom's tried them at the moment and she seems to be getting on okay so far um but yeah as amy said there's not really that many effective treatments out there for it at the moment do, you, do we think it's sort of one of those subjects that probably could benefit from a bit more research yeah i definitely think so yeah. When I researched about it, I, I just learned that there's some sort of also support networks out there. Yeah. Um, for example, I'm part of the Fibromyalgia Action UK, mm -hmm. so I'm part of a local support group within my area. Um, so that's something quite helpful, to be honest. They do a lot of like um, activities which can help you, but it's everybody who's actually suffering from fibromyalgia who's part of it. Wow. And is there is there a big um, sort of group? Is it large numbers of people? So um, in my local area, there's about um, five, but it depends okay. the local areas of how many numbers mm. you get. But even having five um, within your local area, it, it's a lot of support that you can get. You can talk to one another about your condition, um, you know, gather experiences of how they're coping with it and see if you, it helps you really yeah and as I'm, oh, sorry jade 
I was, I was just going to say, as I'm a carer for my mom as well, it's like there's there's carer groups, and as Amy said about that fibromyalgia action, UK that is a really good website. There's there's people on. I think there's like a forum. Um, it's either on that website or the Carers UK website, and you can talk to others who are looking after relatives or have friends with fibromyalgia as well. So you can you can offer assistance to each other. I suppose it's it's like a, a, any range of um conditions where you're you're simply finding your way through aren't you how you can best cope with with this on a day-to-day basis um and then i guess sharing what what works for you with other people in the hope that that might help them as well yeah every day just seems different because you have your good days you have your bad days um it's just how you really cope with it i've just learned to within for example, within work, to just um, do stuff in smaller chunks um, to ease the pain and the stress load because stress doesn't even help as well with fibromyalgia. Um, it takes a toll on your body, really. Yeah, well, we know how um, dangerous stress can be when you've not got any other yeah. conditions, don't we? Um, so would you have any particular advice for anybody who's maybe concerned or or thinks this might be a possibility that they haven't perhaps got a diagnosis yet but they think maybe this is something that's affecting them i'd say just monitor your symptoms um and if you feel that it's the same symptoms that it's fibromyalgia is linked to it then see your gp um straight away because it is takes a while to be diagnosed i'd say relax don't take any stress try to be active but don't do too much um and it's also it's always about self-management techniques that can improve your quality of life really yeah so following on from what amy said like going to a gp just to um like rule out any other conditions as well because it might not specifically be fibromyalgia it could be linked to other conditions but it's really important that you're aware and you you know what treatments are out there as well um think what else as well there is if you are a sufferer of fibromyalgia you're entitled to a range of welfare benefits as well as it is classed as a disability so um, the benefits that you might be entitled to include the disability living allowance personal independence payment which is like the PIP and there's employment and support support allowance as well as some people may not be able to work with the condition with how severe some days can be um I think it's just about having that support network as well. So if you've got family, friends, um, let your manager know about your your condition as well, just so that people are aware and they can offer their support as well. Yeah, that sounds like really good advice. Yeah, you can also get a like um, um, entitle yourself to a um, blue badge. Um, you can, oh. also, yeah. So you can also get a medical exemption certificate as well because it's a long term condition. Um, and if you are on medication, that's something that can help you with as well. Super. So what do you think we should be doing it at, as an organisation? What ideally should we do to raise the profile perhaps of conditions like fibromyalgia, which perhaps are like, you know, like an invisible condition? You know, looking at you on the outside, we wouldn't necessarily know that was something that you were you were struggling with. I'd say to just um, have like, for example, more 
blogs, even this is useful, talking more about fibromyalgia and making people aware of what the symptoms are, um, because people could be out there suffering from this, um, but we they wouldn't know that it is fibromyalgia. Um, and not a lot of people know about this condition. I didn't know mm -hmm. about it before I was even diagnosed um, until I spoken to my rheumatologist and actually did some research on it. So it's something new I've learned of what, what this condition is. Mm -hmm. I just ruled it out to maybe it's arthritis because I have that within my family, my sister, my mom, they both suffer from it. Yeah. But and what about you, Jade? How long has your mum had fibromyalgia for? Um, I think it's got to be about, about four or five years now. So she could have been suffering in silence for yeah. years before that. Um, but yeah, like Amy said, it's just about raising the awareness and the signs and symptoms and just going to see GP. If you if it's like a chronic issue, it's day by day you're feeling like this. So it is really important just to go and seek help and guidance, really. Mm. Okay. That's great. So does anybody have anything? Do either of you have anything else in particular you'd like to talk about under this? It's entirely up to you how much you'd like to share or not share. Or what would you like to do as next steps? What would you think the wellbeing team perhaps could do to help you get your message across? I think being a carer for someone with fibromyalgia, I think it's just about raising the awareness of carers as well, because, um, you know, it can be extremely tough caring for somebody, whether it's a family, friend, um, and it can, especially when you've got a full time job and you've got other things that you need to do day, day to day, it can be really tough. But also at the same time, it's really rewarding knowing that you can help somebody out um, who needs it. You know, it can be simple tasks just by, as I said earlier, just helping out with the shopping um just making sure that they carry painkillers if they go out with them just to make sure that if they do forget to take a painkiller earlier in the day and then the symptoms come on you have a painkiller to hand for them um and just writing a list as well of things just to just to you know just to remind them but you know to look after themselves and just get some gentle exercising especially on the days where they might suffer from the fibro fog um it, it can be really disorientating for them so just writing little notes just to remind them just to go out for a walk just to get a bit of fresh air or that you know there's a family member who might live a few streets away who can come and help if if you don't live in the same house as them um but yeah that's all i could think of at the moment yeah no, that's okay just linking on to what Jade said is just talking about more about what support there is and feeling that you're not alone. There's there's support out there. Um, for example, I've learned from this condition is just treating myself to a massage because it just helps. It helps with your body, um, especially if you've got a family that you look after. It's really hard because you're having to look after yourself. You're not well. And also family like children. Um, so just talking about more of support and that you're not alone with this condition. Do you think there's enough support, Jade, for carers at um. work? I, th I think the, the companies and organisations are getting their heads around how they can offer support to carers because um, more recently I was asked by um, the organisation um, I work for to provide information about whether I'm a carer or not just so it can go on my record so um, 
you know, I think they do offer days that if you need a day off in an emergency to take your person that you care for to an appointment or something and there's a support like that which is really crucial especially if you have got no annual leave left and that person that you're caring for has no other family or friends or other methods of getting to that appointment it, it is really crucial to have that support from your work that you can just have a day off or a few hours off just to help yeah because we're just used to aren't we being a parent you would be you know automatically you could feel like you could go and ask and say i really need it's an emergency i need to have an hour or so off like yeah. you said so it's just it's good to hear that you're getting a positive response that if you need to do that as a carer you'd still still be allowed and, and people are, are very mindful of that so that's good to hear so that's something that i've actually learned as well jade because i i didn't actually know about that because my husband's also a carer for me and mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I've learned there as well yeah definitely and just having flexible working as well that's been that's been essential really because of yeah. um you know if I need to start a bit later in the morning just if I need to help my mom get out of bed or help her with like preparing breakfast or something knowing that I can start a bit later and still get my hours in at work that, that's been a lifesaver really yeah it doesn't seem like you're asking for much does it really but it's clear that you know to some extent you have to spell it out sometimes or or you just have to be willing to be honest i guess that you need that extra level of support at some times so is there anything in particular that sparks your fibromyalgia amy is there any certain situations that or are you just not it, it just isn't that prescriptive um i would just say from my personal experiences is um i've just learned to like tell people that i might be repeating things or because you do get brain fog um so certain things so when people do tell me things i do have to straight away write it down because um it's not me it's just my condition that it causes brain fog um so we just stuff like that and just pacing yourself with work and i've just learned to just deal with it but it's more so if you've been diagnosed with it you can also name because it's been named you can deal with it but before yeah. i didn't know what to do because i wasn't diagnosed with this i was just suffering from it yeah so i just learned to just try and keep myself active and busy it also helps me take my mind off the pain um because i'm just having to, i'm just being in pain like majority of the day and every day mm -hmm yeah and so have you been um has anybody suggested that you do things like talking therapies or is they not they've not got that that message to you yet and um, they haven't got that message to me yet but i've um been told about um physiotherapy um a pain consultant and just mm. support networks which i'm currently with um but i've got a a family friend who's deal, been dealing with it for 10 years um mm. so we just have regular catch-ups and discuss our experiences and for example we could have had a a bad day yesterday and how we dealt with it so yeah. it's just about learning from each other but it varies from person to person of how you deal with it yeah it's it's really it's really brave to talk about because it kind of almost 
you almost I can't quite comprehend what that must be like to be in pain pretty much all the time that's just what that must really grind you down yeah yeah I think that's why my mom doesn't want to rely on painkillers because like taking them day after day after day the effect just wears off after a while so even the painkillers prove not to be as effective anymore so mm -hmm. yeah I think there does need to be a lot more research into see if there's a, a new medication or a new treatment or what 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 is specifically causing fibromyalgia and if it, is there any way to reverse that yeah i was known as a yo-yo in my house as i used to run so many errands in a day go here and there but now due to this condition i just cannot do what i used to do or be as active as i was before even just going down a food shopping aisle um, without me taking a break it takes a toll on me um mm. you know I'm gasping for breath I'm having to sit down it's just like I wasn't how I was before and that's what makes me uh, when I'm in pain it makes me think well I wasn't like this before why am I like this but but then I try to think positive as that can also stress you out yeah so presumably this they don't know do they what causes it um i don't think they know specifically i think it's i don't think, yeah i don't know why it's caused or whether it's um genetic um but they think it's linked to abnormal levels of like certain chemicals in the brain and a change in the way that the pain messages are processed by the central nervous system and they think it can be triggered by traumatic events such as injuries infections having an operation even loss of a loved one or giving birth as well can trigger it off in some people so it's not something you're born with it can literally develop at any time so i think they still don't fully understand no, why people do suffer with fibromyalgia no and if it's such high numbers as well that's yeah. quite worrying isn't it it is especially if it's undiagnosed as well because i think a lot of gps can put it down to other things as i was saying earlier and with my mom as well with having parkinson's as well some of those symptoms overlap so i think it can even be hard for consultants to fully know as well yeah like mine I was put down to first is gaining weight and mm -hmm. up at that i just laughed at that thinking well what i'm going through the pain that can't be weight gain because I am not that overweight either and it was just and it was me having to push my GP to refer me and that's what you know I wasn't happy about because I had to do it so it's all about pushing yourself really because sometimes GPs just rule it out oh it could be this it could be that it could be arthritis um and it was fibromyalgia I think yeah. that's why we sometimes recommend like the talking therapist because I think a lot of GPs think it's in people's head um, and like recommend them to psychologists as though people are making up the pain. But it's really nice. It's pain where on unusual points of the body. And, you know, like I said with, earlier with my mum, if somebody walked into or accidentally knocked her, that could cause her extreme pain compared to somebody else who would get knocked and it wouldn't even bother them. Mm. Yeah, even like... For example, even if you have a cold, your bo your body's really sensitive to it. Even if you have a cold, your joints and your body is in extreme pain. It's like 
it's like I, even when it was winter i had to have the flu jab as soon as possible because i didn't want to get a cold because it affects you even with being in the uk it's always cold um so i've just learned you know i'll carry a hot water bottle around with me because just applying heat it, it, it soothes your, your muscles mm. well they, they it recommend helps. heat don't they for um like sports injuries they quite often mm -hmm. recommend heat so i can imagine i can see the logic in that i i just literally i'm just a bit in awe and i, I think it's really sad it's a really sad reflection that you have to be so reliant on yourself to sometimes go and fight for a diagnosis when clearly you know you're not feeling your best um and it's hard isn't it you, you know to imagine that you've you've got to keep trying to convince somebody that this is you are actually feeling what you're feeling and the impact that it has on your body yeah sometimes you don't feel like going out you just feel like resting mm and it's like when even we're doing stuff on the weekend it has to be like my husband has to go working towards me of how i feel and yes. um, whether i'm up to doing something or not sometimes i just want want a day of resting yeah yeah i think it's really important um just to make, make that person feel as though it is okay to cancel plans you know it's it's just making sure that a person has enough rest um and that if as i said earlier with the chores if there's any support there or just even if helping that person you know if they need to dry the hair and i'm having a particularly bad day offering just to help dry the hair or just any any little thing can help really and with the um the fatigue as well in fibromyalgia my mom can sometimes need to go and go back to bed after she's not long woken up and i'll be like yeah that's absolutely fine um and i'll just help sort out the dogs and the house and everything that needs doing yeah i think when you're a carer you you experience more and you're more sympathetic about it because you know what that person's going through whereas I've spoken to other people about this condition and the like from how I experience even how I walk they're thinking oh okay but they don't know how serious it is until you're a carer or you're going through it yourself then you actually know yeah definitely my mom's been um because she's got a blue badge as well and because my mom you know before she was diagnosed with Parkinson's she walked normally um and she has been told by people when she parked in the disabled spot why am you parking there and it's like not all disabilities are visible oh, yeah and it, it, it's, it's shocking that there are people out there who are that ignorant yeah I've got that because I've got the blue badge as well it took me a year to you know figure out oh okay i'll apply because i didn't really want to um but because that's the answer that you get automatically people say it doesn't have to be you know visible mm -hmm. yes. but you can probably see in how somebody walks if they've got it in their legs the pain but it's not always visible and it's really horrible that people actually say that yeah that's awful I think I think you've just been you've just been really brave to um, to tell us about everything that's going on. And um, would there be any particular guidance? I know we have probably covered this, but is there anything else in terms of guidance for people or for carers that you'd like to to share? 
Um, I think we've covered quite a, a lot of the tips, but I think just being patient with that person as well and just being there for them to listen, because I think sometimes I can feel not listened to, especially when they go to a GP, um, and just allowing them to talk about how they feel and just just being there as, as like a, a network, if possible, just to help out when whenever it's needed. Yeah, I think that that's majority of it and just learning that if they have a bad day or anything that it's okay it's okay to have a bad day because that's that's what you're going through you could have one day which is an okay day and the next day could be a really bad day um and if that person's obviously going through a lot of stress it also causes you low mood so sometimes i don't feel like like doing something called talking as much at home or to my husband about certain things because it's just like you, you're just trying to deal with the pain and that sometimes makes you more worked up as like you can't sleep and you get angry with yourself why can't you sleep but it's just something that you have to deal with and mentally you do think well let me find tips of how I can do it because you're living for this for the rest of your life really. I think that's what is so to me seems so, so scary isn't it that this is not something you're going to get over you've got to find ways of coping um and like you say you you might have to trial a few things haven't you before you hit on combinations of things that work for you and the fact that it's so unpredictable like you say from one day to the next it must make it really difficult to make plans you know even to do nice things that you really you know that should be a treat but you don't know do you presumably whether no. you're actually going to be up for it on that given day yeah i think it's just about planning try try and plan but sometimes if those plans don't happen it, it's not the end of the world and you can still have a good time at home with family so i think it's just about not making that person feel bad um and it's just about making sure that they they're rested they feel loved and that they they understand it's it's, it's okay that you you don't need that you need to cancel the plan so yeah sometimes um having a routine really helps because from doing um last minute things it can also take a toll on you like with the stress um so i find having a routine daily routine really helps me and sometimes you don't always stick to that because then the end of the day you could feel you know oh it's the day's actually taking a toll on me i want to you know take a rest um but i've just learned as in having a routine helps it it certainly sounds like it really helps to have like you said at the top everybody said the same thing really to have a have a nice good supportive structure around you of people that can help and you understand you know to some extent at least what you're going through i was going to say about the um the carers networks um just to yeah. say that there is links out there for like carers.org um well carersuk.org um they, there's guides on there about topics from practical help technology that can help help make life easier to financial help as well and there's also forums that you could talk to others and also how to be a carer friendly employee thank you for listening to the retreat tune in next time for more insights from your colleagues in the west midlands if you have an interesting story that you would like to tell please get in touch